Hello, this is Janet from JanetSandberg.com, and you're listening to the Phoenix Wisdom Podcast, the weekly show that talks to peers and professionals who open up about their darkest moments when they felt like ending it all, why they didn't, and how they transformed their lives in order to triumph over the darkness and despair. Please remember to subscribe if you'd like to hear more inspiring stories. Hello and welcome to the Phoenix Wisdom Podcast. Today we are joined by Aurora Guzbeth and she is joining us from almost the other side of the world and it's amazing that we have, that our podcast is reaching people far and wide and we are having guests from all over the world joining us. Um, Welcome Aurora. Can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, Janet, for having me on your podcast. I was really intrigued about the theme of your podcast, and uh, I really wanted to be on it. (laughs) And thank you for having me. Um, Yes, I am uh, born in Romania. In the communist Romania, it was a very, um, it was a dictatorship. So it was um, kind of like a repressive regime. And I was growing up in 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 a traumatic environment. My parents were deaf and they didn't understand half of the world. And of course, their uh, raising children methods were not really, uh, let's say, the best and the wisest. And I had this um, trouble childhood when I was a teenager, which um, that was actually a nice time of mine because I started to have friends and being out, out of my little family. And that was good for me. But still, um, I had uh, I was I was troubled. I was tra- traumatized. Yeah. So um, when I was twenty four, I moved to Austria. For I lived there thirty years. I made everything <laughs> which I I could ever imagine doing. Like I I wanted to to build a company. I did it. I wanted to travel the world. I did it. I wanted to marry and have a child. I did it. <laughs> so. It's like I fulfilled all my dreams, and uh, but that was uh, all. It was after I had this life transformation experience when uh, I I was so close to end my life. So I'm I was like I'm so glad I didn't do it because I said I had such a wonderful life since then, and. Um, it was filled with a lot of joy and happiness. And even now I'm, I moved to the happy islands. <laughs> That's what it's called. The Canary Islands is the happy islands. And uh, I think, um, yes, this is um, life is, is about being happy, you know. So, yes. yeah, that's in a, in a nutshell, my life. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, definite highs and lows and everything in between. Um, so let's let's go back to not the very beginning, but when when you were thinking about ending your life, what what exactly was going on then? Aside from uh, just said, general was... trauma in the country you were living in, <laughs> yeah, it was everything. But uh, basically, I, I was a teenager, and uh, I uh, with sixteen, I had a boyfriend, 
which the relationship was really uh, kind of like roller coaster and uh, not so um, not the way I would have wanted it. And uh, one day he decided that he would want he wants to have sex with me, and uh, he even forced himself on me. It wasn't really a rape, but it was very um, bad for me. It was I didn't feel <laughs> very loved, yeah. and uh, it was very for me. That was I, I, let's say that's the, the 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 drop that fills the cup. You know, like mm-hmm. I was I was traumatized. I I wasn't like thinking of it. I I had this. They they were calling me melancholic because at that time the PTSD and all these things they were not even uh, mentioned. So yeah. it's like ev- evidently being traumatized. I was having this, um, but yeah, depressions. But they was they were not labeled like that. So I didn't have um, professional help. Mm-hmm. You know. We, the kids, you know, we were just like uh, doing our own stuff to heal in a, in a sense to yeah. to cope with the things. So when uh, when this and and I really were I was very in love with this guy. So him doing this to me, um, it was for me like this. I just don't want to be in this evil world anymore. It was just like even my closest. Uh, people which I love the most you know like my parents they were beating me my my boyfriend he he's forcing me I just felt um I don't want to be here anymore I just don't want to and um I had I was living uh, at uh, very close to a river and uh next uh right next to a bridge over this river and this bridge was a, a special one because they were uh, having it was an installation for um, creating electricity okay so it wasn't just a bridge over the river but the river had this uh, uh, it has a lot of turbulence in there a lot of rocks a lot of places where uh, people actually if they fell off that bridge they died but only if somebody was not around. So the uh, if some if somebody jumped off the bridge because people actually in summer they would jump off the bridge oh in the my water, God. <laughs> and if they didn't come up, then people went, went after them. So they saved them, and only then they died if we if the, if nobody was around for a few hours, right? And uh, so I knew that that uh, if I would jump off the bridge, it's not it's not a very high bridge. It was, but it was the the, the danger on the, the which is down there. It would be very easy for me to just finish. <laughs> and it's not it's not a big. Um, I'm I'm not doing a big mess. You know, I'm, I, I don't yeah. I don't no, nobody's found, nobody from my family finds me dead or something. I was really particular about this. You know, like so I was yeah. like thinking what what is, what is what is the after? You know. And yeah. I thought, oh yeah, after somebody finds my body in the river, and that's it. Yeah, that's kind of like neutral. So I was I was planning this, but I mean, sincerely, I cannot remember being um, depressed about this. I was actually very clear, like I'm planning this, I'm doing this, and I was like finding out the the because I from my windows I would see the bridge, and I I I just observe that what at what times people are not on the bridge and all these things so very calculated i uh, 
I didn't even plan to write a, a farewell note. N nothing. Just just go out, you know. And um, so I said, okay. I knew the time. I knew the um, uh, when when I should be there. And I sneak out. It was in the night, of course. And um, I go out, I I go out to the bridge. I go to that place which I know if I don't hear, I'm done. And uh, but before I I jumped, I I thought I check again if really nobody's here because as I said, if somebody sees me and jumps after me, it saves me. You know, yeah. it's not. It I have to be in that water and 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 hurt for a while to be. Yeah. So. Uh, it was it wasn't a deep river. It's it's just like really um, has had to be a lot of <laughs> things happening to somebody to really die there. So I look up and uh, at the at the at the end of the bridge, I see this guy, you know, exactly under a lamp, just staring at me, and I just felt his stare. I'm thinking, whoops, well. Then I wait until he leaves, and I, I leave, and he stayed there motionlessly, like he wasn't moving. He was just standing there, staring at me. He was dressed in something gray, you know. It was a it was a chilly night, so he had to need some some kind of jacket, but it wasn't winter time, so I can't even remember what season was, but anyway, it was chilly. So I'm thinking, okay. I'm waiting. And he was waiting. <laughs> I thought, so stupid, you know? It's like, okay, I, I won't do it today. I just go home and I will wait for another day when maybe this guy is not here. And uh, so I didn't go the next day. I just waited a few days and uh, I just picked up some uh, someday, uh, you know, random. I go up and uh, I, again, I stop at that place where I could jump. And uh, because I remembered that that guy was looking at me, I looked at the lamp, and guess what? The guy was there. I thought, how this, how in the world is going to happen? I mean, I'm hallucinating. So I went down. I, I just checked. The guy was there. It was a guy standing there. You know, he was looking at me. So I went. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so obviously, it doesn't has has no sense to for me to go back on the bridge because the guy is here. So. He watched me as I walk away, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I wait for some more. So maybe two, three weeks, you know, and um, I was so, I, I really, I cannot even remember what happened between those times yeah. in my life. I mean, obviously I was going to school or doing, I have no idea. It was like, because I was so focused, I'm going on the bridge and jump. It's just the thing, the matter of the guy not being there. And uh I go. It, I think it was a, a few weeks later. I go up again. So it was like my my thing was not resolved, and I didn't even want to find help to solve my trauma because I was like, I don't, I don't even care. This world is rotten and evil. I just don't want to be here anymore. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I don't. It's like I didn't even ask for question for for help. So. If I would have actually committed suicide, would have been like, what? <laughs> I mean, who? Aurora? It's like she's the most jovial person, and she's 
cracking up jokes and she's popular like she committed suicide this is insane like i'm sure this this would have been the end of it you know mm -hmm. so um but i was inside it was like two two people you know i was just yeah cut and uh, so i go up the third time and uh, I, 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 I walk around the bridge to see that the, the guy is not there. I said, okay, nobody's here. <laughs> okay, I, I walk up the bridge. I look, the guy is not there. I'm like, yay. And then in that moment, the guy starts walking on the bridge behind me, back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, where did he come from? Where did this guy come from? And he was, he didn't say a thing. He was just looking at me and walking back and forth. And I got, I was like, I um, I, I just had to back up a bit a few years ago. Um, like in, um, when I was about 13, 14, I, um, I believed in, I, I decided to believe in God. I decided to have this uh, change, exchange, which I, I learned from a priest. Jesus came to die for my sins. And in exchange, he gives me eternal life. I'm like, oh, that's a good exchange. So I, I did that when I was 13. I was like, okay, I give you all my sins and I have eternal life. So I, when I die, I'll come to heaven. I, that was my own understanding about the whole thing about salvation. So I'm there on the bridge and me with the conviction, okay, I'm, I, when I die, I come to heaven, right? Mm -hmm. So I pray, I said, God, get this guy off my back because I want to come home. I had enough of this evil world. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> and in that moment, a voice in my head, I know now it's the voice of God, but <laughs> that was the first time I heard that. It was such a soothing voice. I said, I, he said, I know that you want to come home, but your work on this earth is not done. And I promise you, you come home, but now go with peace, peace. And in that moment, I, I cannot explain, such a deep peace came upon me. Nothing, I absolutely nothing was, bothering me anymore like all this pain it was like not important i had a deep peace i had joy and i knew when i had this conviction that i'm okay i will be taken care of you know and it was i just cannot describe it was maybe like i felt like i'm getting saved again because at the first time when i did this exchange i felt like i'm i'm, I'm floating I, I was looking at my feet like am I, I am i touching the ground you know and this was again such a elevating experience for me like i am okay i will be okay and i'm taking care of and i have something to do and i will be home i will be going home when it's done so I was, I mean, I was mesmerized. I stood there for, I can't, I can't, I don't even know how long. I just stood there. And as I turned to, to walk away, I look around 
and that guy was gone. <laughs> I could have jumped. <laughs> you know, I, that was my first thought. Like, great, now I could jump. <laughs> but wow. I knew I will not. So ever since, I'm, if somebody asked me, did, I, did you ever see an angel? I say I did. Mm-hmm. Because it it is impossible for somebody to be right there all the time when I want to jump and then to disappear when yeah. I don't want to jump anymore, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was so, I mean, that that um, last experience, like last time I was on the bridge, that gave me such a power, such a strength. And to to go through all the trauma, of course, I broke up with my boyfriend and I just cut him off. I'm like... No, I'm not going to be friends with somebody who's violent. And uh, I was, uh, um, especially because, I mean, m- most of the time they say if you experience violence in your childhood, then you're kind of like um, going toward it and you have partners who are, who are violent and you just go into this cycle. But something, somehow I just, I did not. I was... I was running away from violence. If somebody got violent with me, I would just like, no, I'm going the other direction. Bye. So I was seeking actually the, the. I, I was seeking peace. I was seeking this, this healing environment. So this is also why I, I left the country and I went to Austria, um, where it was absolutely different for me. And uh, I was really, uh, I, I started healing. It took a long time. I maybe I'm still healing of traumas, but I still had this uh, peace, that that assurance that I have a work to do, and I will be home. I will, I will go home and it's done. <laughs> that never left me. Absolutely never left me. But it doesn't mean that. I mean, I my suicide thoughts did come back. I had, um, I, I just had um, a compelling image of me um, putting a knife myself in my heart. And that oh was gosh. like this. Uh, and it it just didn't go away. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, of course, I never did that, obviously, yeah. <laughs> because I had this other thing, which was much stronger. But now I I think uh, it was the enemy wanting me to stop myself from doing uh, the work I came here from. For you know, because once you have suicidal thoughts, you have this, uh, you allow these thoughts to have place in your head, mm-hmm. and they would they would come back and back. This is this was my my perception of this. I did not speak with anyone about this because I, I didn't want to uh, like people to hide all the knives from me or something. I was I was a cook. I was doing catering. I was oh gosh. I was using one. <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can I, I mean I couldn't risk for somebody to say oh you're at risk and uh so I'm like I didn't sit I didn't tell anyone and by the time I told somebody they said uh, th- this is your. Uh, this is the thing. This is your enemy. This is your enemy, which not, doesn't want you to do what you are supposed to do. So yeah, that's that's the story. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that is amazing. Um, and just, I mean, the way you tell the story too is just so, it just makes you think. And, and immediately what I thought of when you were talking about the man under the street lamp was, um, in the movie, uh, it's a wonderful life. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Where, you know, it's that Christmas movie, the old black and white Christmas I know, I movie know with movie, Jimmy yeah. Stewart. And, and there's the little angel that comes and saves him. And it's, it's very similar to, <laughs> to that story. And that's just what I thought was like, oh, like he's, he's there for a reason. Um, yes. and whether he was a real person, you know, maybe he was a neighbor who kept watch on the bridge. And when he saw somebody standing there, he'd come down, you know, like it <laughs> could have been a real person. It, maybe it was an angel. Um, and whatever the case was, I mean, he did his job and yes, it, it worked, but, and then you hearing, hearing that voice, that divine voice and, and just wash of yes. peace coming over you. It. Yeah. And, and that conviction that, you know, you're here for a reason. Um, it's just, it's yes. just beautiful. And we are all here for a reason. We all have Obviously. something to and do in this life. Um, yes. I, and I, I really think that this, this suicidal thoughts are, are in a sense, uh, it's, it's in the spiritual world, they are sent out. It's like a broadcast. It's like a radio broadcast. If you tune in, you're hearing it. If you don't, you don't hear it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And it, and it's true. And we've talked about this with other guests as well, that, you know, once you've been there, it's so easy to go back. Like you've had those thoughts once and when things get rough again, they come back. And yes. it's kind of something that, you know, and, and like you said, you know, once you've opened that channel, it's yes. it kind of stays open unless you... Yes. Consciously choose to close it and, and get your life in a place where you don't need those thoughts anymore because everything is, is yes. great. So exactly. Yes. Yeah. Which yes. it sounds like you were able to do, you know, you, you moved and you built a business and you built a family and yes. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't mean that, as I said, the, the thoughts would come back, you know, and uh, because I did, and that was for me strange, because every time the thoughts were coming back and they were stronger and stronger and stronger, I would like, no, I'm not, it's like, forget it, it's not, it I'm, I'm not going there, you know. Uh, very soon after, somebody in my, uh, somebody who I knew, somebody closer, close or far from me, committed suicide. And I would hear about this, oh, this person commit, just committed suicide. And that would hurt me so much because I thought, so it was the same thought, but they acted upon it, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I I was I was so sad about this because I didn't, I could not do anything about, because I didn't know who will, who is the one, who else is listening to these thoughts. You know, mm -hmm. and I couldn't just say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm having suicidal thoughts. If anybody else has, this is my message to you. Because I didn't know in from the which direction would that come, right? And mm -hmm. um, I, I just started, when I had these thoughts, I was just starting to, to, to pray for the people around me, people I knew, people 
in the area to to just have courage to stand up and not not do what the thoughts are are telling them to do you know mm-hmm. and uh it's uh, uh i i don't i don't know if i had success you know <laughs> but definitely after i have a, i would do this you know with praying and everything and the thoughts will leave i didn't hear anybody around me that committed suicide so obviously it did have some effect but i wouldn't i couldn't have i could i wouldn't be able to bring someone said to say okay this guy or this girl because i prayed you know they right. stopped whatever yeah. So I, I that that's a bit a bit of success which I see you know I, I'm helping others to 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 not um, act upon these thoughts you know yeah and um, so but I still sometimes I still have this uh, of course here on, on this happy island <laughs> they're not really <laughs> present everybody's happy here you know it just Amazing. Uh, it's amazing for me. It's it's also I'm I'm here for a year now, and I feel how how my soul is healing more and more of the trauma and understanding how um, life is. It's so much more than uh, uh, being occupied or holding onto a trauma. You know where all your energy is held onto because you are just holding onto something which you cannot do anything anymore about it. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think mostly when people get, want to uh, commit suicide, it's it's about things which happened until then that they cannot really do something about, yeah. and they maybe feel frustrated or or fed up or something. I, I mean, I don't think anyone who wants to commit suicide, it's like, you know, I will show them, you know, I I will I will cause them, I will cause everybody else around me harm and and make them uh, have pain because I, you know, I, they just themselves, they're crumbling under, under pressure of something which they perceive as being too much for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they see it's no like we solution. Don't, and- we don't see another way out. Like, yes, this, this is the only way that all of this terrible stuff is going to end is if, is if I end myself. Um, yes and this yeah. is really sad because uh, that i mean it almost means that uh they are they really don't care about anyone not even of themselves and uh that that is the most hurtful thing because um jesus said love yourself love your love your neighbor like your you love yourself and if you want to end your life then how that what, what kind of uh, in what way do you show yourself that you love yourself if you are killing yourself you know mm-hmm. like murdering killing something somebody it's it's a sign of um of hating you know well and in a lot of cases that's how we feel that you know we're we don't love ourselves we're feeling worthless and undeserving and that we're a burden to everybody around us so sort of that's that's the natural progression is that everybody would yes. be better off without me here um so in a in a weird sort of twisted way it almost feels like an act of love because we're relieving those around us of the burden that we are yeah even though that is absolutely completely untrue and you know 
those around us absolutely want us to be here and be our best selves. Um, and, and sometimes, um, I love your example because, you know, you just, you're like this place is where I'm living is, is kind of the source of everything that is wrong. Um, so I'm going to move and that takes so much courage and so much bravery and so much clarity to see that I can do all the healing work that I want, but as long as I'm still surrounded by all of these things that are beyond my control, there's only so far I can go with my health. So let's go somewhere else where the surroundings are more healthy and you just keep upgrading all the time (laughs) till you landed on the the happy island. (laughs) Yes. I mean, the thing is, I'm I'm sure that they have also tragedies here. I hear people screaming. Of course. But the thing is, I don't understand the language. <laughs> that helps a lot. <laughs> it, does. it does. Amazing. Uh, I mean, of course, I started to learn Spanish, but uh, it's uh, they speak so many dialects here. So even if I would understand some words, I don't understand everything. So uh, it's uh, really I'm I'm away. I I don't use. Uh, uh, what I also found that uh, it would bring me down, it it would bring me low. It was listening to the news, so I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. For the last thirty years, I did not listen to any news. I mean, I I I didn't put on the news to watch the news for half an hour every day. Like I did not. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I am having the news. If something, I just I just stopped. Like, Cold turkey because I said, okay, this is affecting me. I'm feeling uh, depressed, negative. I'm feeling bad, and I don't want this feeling. So, if this makes me feel bad, then I will stop it. So I stopped cold turkey, and even somebody like after two days, like, did you watch the news yesterday? I'm like, no, and they're like, why? I'm. It's like, is something wrong with your YouTube or TV? I'm like. No, I decided not to watch the news anymore. And somebody even asked me, like, and how will you find out if something happens, which is important to you? I said, well, I will trust that the things which are important to me will happen. Will I, I will find out, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you and then, uh, yeah. And the, the funny thing, the person told me, like, yeah, that you should have watched the news yesterday because this and this happened and, the, and this woman was murdered and blah, blah, you know? And I'm like, oh, thank you for telling me, <laughs> you know. And then it, the, the the things happened like that, that I met, uh, long story short, I actually, a few days later, I met he, the son of the murdered woman. And I had a chat with him. And he was like telling me like, you know, how he feels and everything. And, uh, and I'm like, I'm so sorry that you it's only like how many days, like five days since your mom died and I was well she was murdered and was I'm like, yeah, I know about this, you know. And uh, I was thinking, wow. I mean, I really needed that piece of news, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, although I didn't watch the news, but that guy just told me and and I I it was I needed it because I had this interaction with this with, with the son of the murdered woman so it wasn't like you know I, I mean you can imagine he would he would ha- what his reaction if I would have said 
what? <laughs> it's like, I have no idea. So it really helped me. And I said, this is it. I'm not going to watch anything because the news which I need to know, it will come to me. Yes. No matter how weird it is. And I do it since for 30 years. I'm much more happier. And really the things which I need to know, I know. I found out about Corona. I didn't have to watch the news. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I so did the same thing. Like, I, I never watched the news. My my parents would watch, you know, the 10 o'clock news yeah. every night or whatever. And I just, it was not something that I enjoyed. So I never did. And now, of course, it's a lot easier. You get news snippets on social media and, you know, yes. people talk about it. But people, yeah, were like, what do you mean? Like, how do you know? It's like, you just know. Like, if it's important, <laughs> people talk about it. Exactly. So, and that's uh, all I need it... to know. I don't need to subject yes. myself to that much negativity and the images and the, you know, the the live, the uh, you know, video clips of, of what's happening right now when people are in those terrible situations. Like, I don't, I don't need that energy yes. coming into my life. I don't need to see it to understand that it's happening. So exactly. Yes. yes. Good. So, um, yeah, I was, um, my my brain this is what happens to me I just have like 20 million questions all coming to me at the same time and then I'm just like I don't know what to ask um yeah I see um so uh for our listeners Aurora and I are are on zoom so I I have these conversations sort of face to face with people and I can see them um you only get the audio um, but she has a screensaver behind her with a book that she has written. So take a moment and tell us about your book, please. Yes, I, I am. Um, I'm writing books since I ever started to write. To I learned to write. So I am writing. Fan I was writing all kinds of stuff, fantasies and everything. And uh, actually, I came here to this island to write my books, to, to publish my books. And uh, funny, funny enough, this book, Make Your Time Matter, it's not a fiction, it's not a fantasy, it's just a, a help, self-help book, mm -hmm. you know, to understand exactly this thing, like what I learned from, from the beginning, that I have a purpose, we have a purpose, and our time on this earth matters. It is important how, how long are we here and what are we doing here. So it's not just, um, you know, we are here and we live, we go kindergarten, school, we job, then we retire and then we die. You know, this is like, it's flat. Mm -hmm. We are here for something specific, which our soul knows. Yes. And uh, it, gets, it, got, it gets like um, all buried under uh, conceptions, culture, expectation of the society, of the family, of the parents, and nobody's asking you. I mean, who, who would ask a child, why are you here? They would think the child doesn't know, but the child does know. Oh, of course they do. It They're just, more in tune say, with their souls than we are as adults. Exactly. And the way we find out is like, 
actually the child is always communicating that mm-hmm. and the uh, the the hidden the, the hidden communication is the answer to the question what do you want to be when you grow up and we usually ask the five-year-olds or like seven-year-olds you know <laughs> and they are saying sincerely you know Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, it's like a policeman, a fireman, a doctor. But behind this, I mean, this is the image that they, they can explain to the adults so that the adults would understand. But right. behind this is like, I'm here to rescue something. I'm here to help somebody. I'm here to fight for the for the righteousness. I'm here for, you know, mm-hmm. and there's something we need to give words to this purpose because the soul knows, but can, doesn't have the words. Yes. So this is my, um, and the, and most people, which I, especially mothers and everybody's like, I have no time. I'm stressed. I'm, I'm, I'm in stress of time. I need to manage, better manage my time. So I actually did a course on time management. <laughs> Nobody showed up. <laughs> like, <laughs> so they're too busy. <laughs> I mean, ignoring is worse than any critic criticism is the worst thing i went through the deepest valley and i said and then i just said to my to a friend of mine i could write a book about this you know and she's like then write it and because i write so much i i I wrote the book in two weeks i did it i finished in two weeks in two weeks it was correctly published and everything is done (laughs) and it got a it became a bestseller on amazon so it's uh Amazing. but basically this is the the way like the the path you know find your purpose find dig deep and go back before trauma and find what is your purpose to be here mm-hmm. and work toward it yes and even if it's if it feels like far-fetched it is you will not your soul will not be at rest until you don't get there exactly like, since i was exactly. Since I was, as I said, since I know how to write, I was I was inventing, writing, uh, working on this, like how to write the book, and and it, it and everybody told me, you won't you won't earn any money with that. Do anything else, you know. And actually, just a few months ago, it just dawned to me, the answer to this: you won't earn anything with fill in the blanks, whatever your soul wants. Mm-hmm. the thing is did I ever say I want to earn money with my books I just said I want to write books yes yeah and whatever happens with that it's not in my control but this is my makeup this is my urge this is my compelling thing I need to do you just have to do it yeah just because you want to do this with your life doesn't mean it has to be your primary source of income Yes. So I <laughs> you can have a job I, and right. You can right, you know exactly. do this and, an and follow your soul's calling. You know, your yes, soul's calling exactly. doesn't have to be your job. Yes. Ideal if you can make that happen. But right. you know, you can also just have a regular yes. job and do what and you love doing with on exactly. the side with your free time yes so i i did i did get inspired it was a, a there's a there's a book uh, there's a writer who uh the doctors told him he was only six months to live because he had cancer mm-hmm. and his dream was to write one book before he dies so he used these six months to write the book mm-hmm. and he did 
And since then, he wrote 37 books because actually he didn't die of cancer. Wow. I, yeah. I forgot his name, but I was so inspired. And this is also inspiring me to, uh, to, to tell people. And also I'm doing coaching about this, you know. Don't be afraid to think, oh, I'm too old. It's too late. Mm-hmm. You know, I want never always too wanted old, to be this. Too late. It's, it, it's forget it. You know, it's just too late. No, because the moment you step into that which you are made for you're born for your soul revives you start to glow basically you glow from inside because mm-hmm. you are uh fulfilling that which you are here for mm-hmm. you know and it doesn't have to be something huge it can be you are here to do the best cleaning job you ever do you know because you want to be a cleaning person like I remember, I finished four universities. I had I have two university degrees and two bachelors. Bachelors, like I finished college. Okay. Like, so I have four degrees, and uh, I just had this. I don't know. I I don't. I can't say urge, but I had this um, impulse. I want to work in a bakery. I really want to work in a bakery. Like my parents were were uh, were handymen. Like they were working with their hands. Very right. very talented, yes. right? So and I was doing all this. Uh, I did computer programming. I did uh, teaching. I did like nothing with my hands. I mean, with the teaching, I could do you know the the materials for the teach for the children. But it's like nothing with not, not work earning money with my hands. Working mm-hmm. with my hands. I wanted to work in a bakery because I love to work with food. And uh, so I, I wanted to work in a bakery. Of course, my income cut was like I was earning 30% of what I was earning before. Mm-hmm. But my happiness uh, gouge went like over. Yeah. I was so happy. I was so satisfied. Waking up in the middle of the night, going to the bakery, smelling that amazingly mm. fresh bread smell and serving people and giving them everything they wanted pastries and bread and it was i i did that seven years it was i think the most amazing seven years of my life of course it was, it was hardship it wasn't sometimes it was too too much or something but still just give me fresh bread smell and all my <laughs> pain is away it's gone away and i had to i and i got to work with my hands and mm-hmm. that's for me so great my parents cried about it my uh, i had friends who stopped talking to me they they didn't even want to recognize me on the street mm. because i did that and i thought how amazingly people relate somebody to what they are doing mm-hmm. instead of commanding them of, of, of you are doing something which makes you happy and this is yeah. the best thing you know yeah, yeah. so yes and just a, a word that if you don't know what your soul wants you know and and after ignoring our souls for so long sometimes it's it's hard to uncover it and and figure out what makes you happy. And we've talked about this on the podcast as well, but like happy is such a foreign feeling 
to those of us with depression, you know, and yeah. following our joy, we don't even know what that means anymore. But if that's the case, then yeah, find, find a coach. And there are coaches like Aurora, like myself, um, who specialize in uncovering your soul's purpose. And, you know, exactly. we all do it a little bit differently, but there are tons and tons of, of people out there who can help you figure out what, what your soul wants and why you're here. Um, yes. and why, why you kept going and why you should. Yes, keep and, going. and also about coaches. I want to say one thing. Uh, my conviction is that every one of us has a treasure inside. Yes. We have a treasure inside, which we cannot take out. We can't take out ourselves. There has to be another person who is digging deep and taking it out. If you have a coach which is not doing that, then look for another coach because yes. there is this. Not everybody can do that for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, going back to the suicidal thoughts, I do believe now that somebody who has suicidal thoughts forget their soul purpose, forgot their soul purpose. They are don't they don't have any clue of where I, what their place in this world is because they forgot mm -hmm. and there's nobody around them who can remind them mm -hmm. about this. Like yeah. there is the, uh, we, all, we, not, we not only have my, our own, uh, like we know ourselves, but we also get witnesses uh, along the years who are telling us, you should do this, you should do this. You're good at this, you should do this. And this little clues, you know, if you don't get them, like when I was 17, when I was at the bridge, I didn't have in my environment anybody who would give me clues. Wow, you did, you're doing good. Actually, I did that. I had that until I was 15 because I was in a school where we, we had literature um, contests and I was, I was writing, I was giving and I was getting uh, prizes, but my parents would belittle them. Because they would mm. say, no, 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 you're not going there. You're getting prizes for your literature for because you're you're composing things. No, that's nothing. No, we don't we don't want that. So I actually forgot because even I, if I had clues, I forgot because there were so many enemies around against it. Mm -hmm. So so somebody who is thinking suicide don't have these things. Don't don't have the clues or forgot the clues. They forgot their purpose and they forgot that their soul has a yearning for something else, not what they have in life, you know. And uh, they need help. They need somebody. They, they just need to say to to find someone who digs out the treasure. Just give yes. them a clue. Yes. And that would be just enough. So this is my I I wish. <laughs> If anybody has such, such such thoughts that that God would send them somebody, that the God would make them to listen to this podcast or something to understand that there is something beyond suicide. There's life beyond there, there's life after suicide. There <laughs> you know? is. Life, life after suicidal thoughts and joy yes. and happiness also. Exactly. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today and um yeah uh telling us about all of your 
ups and downs and, and your book and your, your wisdom. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Remember that you are loved. You are worthy. You are valuable. You are meant for more and that it really does get better. If you are in crisis, there are numbers that you can call or text to get the help that you need. That information for Canada and the U.S. is in the description below each episode. If you are in immediate crisis, please call 911. We love you, and I hope you'll listen again.